0: Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and tuning up. This is Scott Jensen with my ancient wisdom, modern health podcast. Here, I share and explain how to get and stay healthy with Tai Chi, Qigong and Kung Fu. Mixing interviews with incredible people and my own insights and experiences. We look for timeless wisdom and proven practices to be healthy and happy today. Hi everybody. I'd like to talk more about the art of baguazhang today and discuss the history of baguazhang and the founding of the art. In our last two podcasts, I told the story of the beginning of baguazhang and the founder of baguazhang Dong Hai Chuan becoming famous in Beijing's story that my teacher, Zhang Sen, told me. It's a great story. You've got to listen to it, but it's not truly, well, the accurate history of the founding of Bagua It's more one of those stories, which is meant to be inspirational and to give some guidance. And in particular, what it's trying to inspire you to do is to practice your circle walking exercise. And that story, like many of the other ones that Zhang Sen told me, always emphasized the incredible benefits and magic of practicing the fixed posture circle walking exercise of Bagua But before I get into the real history of Bagua I'd first like to mention that as you're listening to this podcast today, on Wednesday, our new course, eight week course on Bogwitsong is is beginning. You can still join it today and you can join it even a few days late, and it won't be a problem. We're going to start a new cohort of people all practicing together with a large series of video lessons, which will be presented week by week for all eight weeks. I will be answering questions and providing additional content, and we have two excellent coaches to help everybody and when you join the course we're also going to find a buddy for you to support and who will support you and then we're all going to spend the next 8 weeks practicing baguazhang together and learning exploring and mastering the circle walking exercise the warm up exercises the yin yang acupoint slapping and building our chi and health and our body method so i hope you can join us for that and you can join by going to our, our website or you can call us on the phone or you can email us. We'll be happy to help you however you contact us. Yeah. Now I would like to discuss the current knowledge or state of knowledge about the actual history and beginning of the art of song And the truth is there is some controversy about the beginnings of the art and there are two Big camps. Now, one group thinks that the art of Bhagwadzong is a pre existing, very ancient Taoist martial art related to the I Ching that Deng Haichuan learned from mysterious Taoists in secrecy. The other group of people think that Deng Haichuan created the art of Bhagwadzong based on his own learning and it was his creation. My opinion is that Dong Haichuan was the creator and it was not a case of an ancient martial tradition dating back to prehistory that he inherited an intact art. There's been a lot of research done on this by a professor in China, a martial arts historian named Professor Kong Ji-Wu. I'm not aware that his treatise on the origins of Bagua Zang is available in English, but certainly the conclusions of his study are, uh, he concludes that Dong Haichuan created Bagua Zang. He did a lot of research on this and interviewed virtually every person alive who could potentially provide any insight beginning in the 1990s. And I think that's a pretty good conclusion. The early part of Deng Hai Chuan's life, not a whole lot is known about. My opinion, again, not having a complete translation or a lot of knowledge about this is that Deng Hai Chuan learned a lot of martial arts early in his life. And there's a big tradition that he learned a Taoist practice, a meditation practice, walking in a circle. This group of Taoists, their idea was walking in the circle led you to the Tao, that if you wanted to find the Tao, you should walk in a circle. And finding the Tao is a little bit like connecting to the universal truth, being enlightened, becoming immortal, connecting to a divine powerful energy. This isn't really the time to explain what the Tao is or finding the Tao or following the Tao, what all of these mean. This is a real central concept of Chinese thought in philosophy and medicine, but we'll get to that another time. I believe he learned this stepping method and breathing method and meditation method, and then realized that it could be combined with the martial arts that he already knew into something quite extraordinary. And that a real problem that exists in martial arts is how are you going to develop power? You need to have a lot of power for striking and throwing. And there's a lot of different ways that the human body can be used. Most of the martial arts have different methods of using their body, of synchronizing the different parts of their body and timing them to generate power. So different styles generate power in different ways and have different specialities. This is something that all arts are concerned with, and in most cases, there's a problem because you have to coil your body and then release the power either during the coiling or just at the moment after releasing it, you don't have any power. There's a downtime where you cannot generate force. And that moment is a moment of vulnerability. So this insight that Deng Hai Chan had about being able to use a continuous stepping method to develop a continuous movement of the center of the body and use that continuous movement to generate power is really an incredible insight. So combining the circle walking method with the martial arts was really a breakthrough. It allowed him and his fighters to become very dominant in a period where Chinese martial arts were fighting frequently. And there was a lot of conflict all across China. There was a lot of lawlessness and there was plenty of work for guards and for expert fighters. (laughs) The two big phases in Deng Haichuan's career were first, he was an imperial tax collector in Mongolia. This means he was collecting taxes from the Empress of China in Mongolia. I just have to bet that the Mongolians were not eager to pay their taxes or to see Hai Haichuan roll into town to collect the taxes. My experience is Mongolians are tough, hardy people. I've known a couple, they tend to be sturdy and strong and sometimes pretty darn big too. I can't imagine that was an easy job collecting taxes from those folks. So he spent 25 years collecting taxes in Mongolia. During that time, he had one disciple traveling with him the entire time. This disciple's name was Yin Fu. So Yin Fu accompanied his master, Deng Hai Chuan, all across Mongolia for 25 years, collecting taxes. And this was the period of time that Deng Hai Chuan created the real art of Baguazhang, and shared it and practiced it uh, with his disciple Yin Fu. I had the good fortune of studying with She Pei Chi. He was the inheritor of the entire art and style of Yin Fu Bagua Zang. And uh, he related some of these stories to me and discussed the structure of Yin Fu Bhagwatsang while teaching at my school several times in the 1990s. It was a real pleasure to meet Shei Pei Qi. His skill level was very high, his Tuina skill was exceptional, his diagnostic skill and skill to prescribe herbs was really exceptional, and so is his Bhagwatsang. This is where my knowledge about Yin Fu style of Baguazhang and this early history of Deng Hai Chuan comes from. It's from the oral tradition, the oral history of She Pei Qi, and of course She Pei Qi was interviewed by Professor Kong Ji Wu for the research that he did into the origins of Baguazhang. So they're traveling for 25 years in Mongolia. During this time, Hai Haichuan created a very complex style of martial arts based on the I Ching. Now the I Ching is the Book of Changes, and this is one of the oldest books in China. It's called the Classic of Change. It was developed in the earliest period for use in fortune telling and divination and to help the emperors and rulers guide the country. It's a very ancient system of thought, and there's a diagram that they use called a hexagram. It has six lines. The lines can be solid or broken. A solid line is a Yang line. So that's symbolizing Yang energy and the broken line, it's like two dashes with a space in it is usually how it's written. That is the Yin line. So there's six of these and there's different combinations that are possible. So they really think about 64 different combinations of these and they use these in the process of divination. We won't discuss it more than that right now, but the idea of the six lines corresponds to the joints in the body. The very top line of those lines could be your wrist and then the second line could be your elbow and then the third line would be your shoulder and then the fourth line, your hip, the fifth line, your knee, and then the sixth line would be your ankles. So they're dividing the body into these different zones. Okay. And then what he did was exploring how not moving one joint very much was like a young thing. So if you didn't flex your elbow and you weren't using it that prominently, then that would be one of those unbroken yang lines. However, if you were moving and flexing a lot, then that would be a yin line. Uh, these six different lines, he had eight trigrams and for each of these eight trigrams, he created basically an entire martial art within the style of Bagua The first one, there was a lion style. They were, they're all named after different animals. And so for example, one would completely emphasize the use of the wrist. So how you would slip around the opponent with your wrist and generate force with your wrist and strike with your wrist. So there's a whole style focusing in on using the wrist and not emphasizing the other joints. And then there was a whole style. I think it was the lion style. I studied some of that with him, where it was all about flexing your elbow. So pivoting the arm at the elbow, striking and chopping with the arm and generating force through a skillful use of the elbow. All of these different parts of the body were then studied the shoulder, the hip, the knee, the ankle, combining that we're using a lot of knees and elbows in this one or knees and shoulders. So very complex system. I mean it, it was truly huge. As she Pei Chi was beginning to teach us and explaining all of this, I enjoyed it, but it also made my head reel a little bit, realizing the vastness of material that Dong Hai Chan had created. I don't think that She Pei Qi, unfortunately, was able to pass on that entire art to any of his disciples. There's been some loss there. I knew that I wasn't going to personally be able to learn it, so I focused on learning the more compact Liang Jinpu style. After Dong Haichuan returned from 25 years in Mongolia, he was obviously an incredibly better martial artist than when he left. And he had involved an entirely new style of martial arts, probably practicing on the Mongolians plenty and on his disciple Yin Fu. He became very powerful in Beijing. His bodyguard and escort company gained quite a fearsome reputation. And after he returned to Beijing, he wasn't teaching people the complete system that he had created and taught Yin Fu. He was actually teaching them a much more abbreviated system that was suitable to the professionals that he needed to get in the field and working for him. He was looking for experts and he was giving them an edge and what he was teaching them was the dragon style. Of the different styles that he had created for Yin Fu zang, he was teaching all of these other martial artists later, essentially the dragon style and the dragon style emphasized the free movement of the shoulder. You know, I think a good parallel to this is to look at the life of uh, Morihei Ushiba, the founder of Aikido. During his youth, he learned a lot of different styles of Japanese martial arts, of swordsmanship, spear, empty hand, and did an enormous amount of physical labor and conditioning and developed a really powerful physique, just trained as a real warrior would. And his first versions of Aikido that he taught had a larger number of techniques and were more complex, more perhaps aggressive or tactical, I would say. But if you look at his later career, what he's teaching became very refined, very streamlined. There's a lot fewer techniques, but each of them can be done a lot of different ways. And I think this just uh, shows the evolution of his style and his teaching over time. And I think that's uh, what we experience in Bhagwat to a certain degree is that unless you're, you're learning the Yin Fu style of Bhagwat Song, you're learning the dragon part of Yin Fu's Baguazhang combined with whatever student he taught, so each of the students brought something else to the table. So his student Cheng Tinghua was very famous for his grappling and throwing skills. So the Song that his students learned emphasized those skills and the entering techniques and circle walking. Other students who had other skills, such as a Lohan or other Shaolin skills, their Bhagwat Song was rather different than Cheng Tinghua's. So now in the art of Bagua Song, we see a number of different styles and branches. And this is one of the aspects of Bhagwat Song, they say it's always changing, it's evolving. I'm not sure if it's really evolving to another higher level, but there are a number of different branches and they each have a particular insight. All of them contain the circle walking. And the first two or three palm changes are very similar between all of the styles of Bhagwat Song and present the real insight of Bhagwat Song. One more aspect of Deng Hai Chuan's life, which is very interesting to contemplate. And I don't think that we are going to obtain more details, <laughs> uh, about this area than are already available, but Deng Hai Chuan became employed at the Imperial Palace. There's a lot of question marks around his being an Imperial bodyguard and working at the Imperial Palace. Now, most of the men at the Imperial Palace were eunuchs. So the question is, was Dong Haichuan a eunuch? Did he become a eunuch to work at the Imperial Palace? If he was already an expert martial artist and able to make a living as a tax collector and an expert or bodyguard, why would he become a eunuch in midlife to enter the Imperial Palace considering it's, well, really unpleasant and horribly dangerous procedure? Why would someone risk doing that if that's what happened? There's only a few, maybe only really one sort of painting or illustration of Deng Hai Chuan, and he looks like a massive person. Now, eunuchs tended to put on a fair amount of weight and uh, become rather larger. So that could indicate that he was a eunuch and it, it might not. So we can't really tell. We don't really know. Now, one line of thought regarding Deng Chuan was that he went through that ordeal to become a eunuch because he was going to become a spy for the revolutionary forces trying to overthrow the last empress and that as a bodyguard and being on the inside there, he would be able to communicate valuable information to rebel forces. Perhaps he was a rebel spy working in the Imperial Palace, spying on whatever he spied on. We really don't know these answers to these questions, but they are interesting questions and they're part of the story around Deng Chan. So thinking about the history of Deng Hai Chuan and the beginnings of the art of Baguazhang, I really don't think that there is a connection to martial arts practiced by the Taoists which is very obvious here. I don't think Baguazhang was first practiced at Wudan Mountain or Hua Shan Mountain or any of the other holy mountains and then Deng Hai Chuan learned it there. I think Deng Hai Chuan created Baguazhang perhaps based on a, a Bagua Quan, which is a eight diagram fist, which is taught and practiced in the Beijing area and the community, some of the counties around Beijing. And this is where one of our saber forms that I've learned from Grandmaster Wong Jackman and taught to many of my Northern Shaolin students comes from. So he may have had some connection to that martial art, but I don't think there's a Wudan mountain connection or a Hua Shan or any other Taoist group connection for the actual earlier martial art. So there's not a whole lot of fantastic historical stories or documentation before Deng Hai Quan. However, one thing which is really wonderful is that Deng Hai Quan did leave poems and collection of oral sayings and some guidance. And he wrote these down and those were passed on to Liang Zhen Poo and Li Zeming and uh, Li Siming with the help of uh, Vince Black published those in a book with Highview Publications in the 1990s. And I believe you can still get that Bagua classics from our friends at Plum Publication in uh, Monterey, California. That is a great reference for all of the things that we're going to do. And that will be a reference for, that you can use in the Bhagwat Zong class that we'll be teaching. Because these poems and oral traditions were passed down through the Liang Jinpu branch and taught by Li Zeming and preserved. And that the practice of this style still adheres to those classics and poems. This is one reason that we call the Liangzhenpu style of Bagua song Orthodox Bagua song. And I hope you'll be able to join me over the next eight weeks as we begin learning and practicing this style. There is still time for you to join. We're going to be very happy to have you join the next few days. So if you haven't joined yet, do it right now. Thanks. To find out more about the Monkey King and the Kung Fu of the monkey, you can take our Kung Fu Animal Power Monkey Course. This is a fun course that teaches you monkey movements, gives you a great workout each week, and we'll be launching a new cohort of students starting all at the same time with a fun leader in a great setting in a new tea room in our tea house. Looking forward to seeing you there. Thank you for listening. Please be careful and take appropriate actions and plan what you need to do. And until our next podcast, keep moving, stay well and be happy. Thank you for joining me and listening in. Please remember to subscribe and share. If you have questions, please send them to ask AncientWisdomModernHealth.com.